0: Hello, Real Life family and friends. This is Pastor Tim with you as we are on a very special journey together. We're doing a 21-day season of prayer and fasting. And so if you've been joining us, uh, this would be our eighth day on on the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're just seeking God and we're setting other things aside to draw close to God. And that's what I want to talk about today is drawing close to God. You know, James 4, eight says come near to God and he will come near to you. And I just wanna encourage you to continue to come near to God, to go after God, to seek him as we give him the first part of this new year. As we do that, we are expecting God to meet us, to speak to us, to change us, to set us free, just to deepen our love for him and to weaken our connection to this world. And so prayer and fasting is a great spiritual discipline Uh, that we have that helps us to disconnect from the world and reconnect with God, to strengthen our spiritual connection with God, and just to weaken our connection with the flesh and all the busyness and all the hustle and bustle and all the temporary things that we get caught up up with. It's time to refocus on the eternal. And so today I want to talk about drawing near to God, and I want to talk about Moses. Uh, What a great example and story in the bible of moses now moses uh also did a season of prayer and fasting but it's a very special circumstances in which he was doing this so to give you a little context uh, god used moses to bring the people of israel out of captivity to the egyptians and when he uh, finished that journey and they're out in the desert they're making their way uh you know following god following the cloud and all that. But the tradition goes on the 50th day of their exodus, Moses uh, met God on Mount Sinai and was given the Torah or the Ten Commandments and all those commandments. And God cut a covenant with the people of Israel. And so during that time, Moses went up the mountain to meet God who came down to the mountain. So God comes down, Moses goes up, and he met with God, and he had a supernatural fast where he didn't eat or drink for 40 days or 40 nights. So in the context of Moses fasting and praying and meeting with God, we see the giving of the first covenant or the the Old Testament to Moses. And we have this great story of when Moses comes down from the mountain the people had given up on Moses, they didn't know where he was, they, they thought he perished or something, and so they had this false god made, the golden calf, and Moses comes down and in his anger, he, he throws down the tablets and they break, and you know, there's this uh, commotion and this reset, and it's just, it's chaos, but he gets everything back in order. And then he goes back up to meet with God again. God tells him to meet him again, to cut out two tablets and bring those up to him again. And so Moses goes on another 40 day and 40 night fast. And at that point is where we're going to look at the story of what God did. So in Exodus chapter 19, verse three, Moses went up to God. It says, Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain." Now this is the first time Moses is going up. And I just wanna, it just hit me when I was reading this, that Moses went up to God. And I feel like God, that's what God's calling us to do, is to go up to him, to seek him. This is a time for us to go up and meet with God. And going up, in my mind, is going up from the lower things of our life that we get caught up with. Like I said at the outset, the temporary things that are always vying for our attention and our energy and the things that aren't going to impact eternity but seem to consume a lot of our time and thoughts and energy. And it's time to leave some of that stuff aside and to refocus our time and energy and reprioritize our walk with God and we're going to leave those things aside during this 21 days and we are going up, right? We're gonna go up to meet with God. And so let's leave the lower things of the temporary life and let's embrace the highest thing, which is our relationship with God. And so when we go to meet with God, He calls us, He speaks to us, He transforms us, He inspires us, He he sets us free, He empowers us, He gives us direction. And so, my challenge to you is, let's draw near to God. Let's go up like Moses is. He went up this mountain, he went up to meet with God, and God came down from heaven to meet with him. And that's God's heart, is he wants to meet with you. He wants your attention, he wants your heart, he wants my heart. And when we give that to God, God blesses us with so much that he wants to, to, to fill us with. His love, his presence, his vision, his freedom, his joy, and, and that's the only thing that really is what we need is Him, is him. And so <clears throat> make the eternal things the highest priority in your life. Go up, seek first, as Jesus said, His kingdom and His righteousness. So this is a season where we are just recalibrating our priorities, refocusing on the, the kingdom of God and reprioritizing our relationship with Him in our life. And just one example of prioritizing the kingdom of God of making the kingdom first is coming to church. Just coming to church every weekend should be a priority in your life and in my life. God has set an appointment for each of us every week to meet with him. Okay? It's found in Leviticus 23 verses 1 to 3. Listen to this passage. It says the Lord said to Moses, "Speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed festivals the appointed festivals of the lord which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies and the first one is this there are six days when you may work but the seventh day is a day of a sabbath rest a day of sacred assembly you are not to do any work wherever you live it is a sabbath to the lord so god has declared the Sabbath, to be a sacred assembly, where we uh, sacred means to be holy, to be set apart, where it's special. And every seven days, God says, there is a holy appointment with me, assembling together, a separating away from the common, away from all the work, away from all the, the, the striving, and you're coming to rest and you're coming to assemble in my presence that's church that's what we call church that's what we do every sunday is we are setting aside that time to come to a a sacred assembly an actual appointment with god the the hebrew word here is moadim that means a a scheduled appointed time with god it's like god has put you on his calendar and it is an appointment with heaven and I don't know what what has happened in our culture, but over the last couple of decades, we have seen just a uh, just a um, kind of a loss of the sacredness of church. I remember uh, growing up, you know, going to church. If, if if you were a Christian, you went to church every Sunday. That was just like that was like a given. That was like what. We did. That is the expectation that because it comes straight out of Scripture, but it seems like you know, as sports began to increase and opportunities for children and things like that, that that you know, we began to get kind of caught up into doing games on Sundays or practices on Sundays, and and it became a normal day, just like a Monday or a Wednesday or a Friday. All of a sudden, Sunday, we kept we started doing the same things on Sunday, and. Um, I even remember growing up, uh, and I went to college in Grand Rapids, most of the restaurants and businesses were shut down on Sundays. You couldn't even, I mean, they were just closed. It was a special day. People didn't even open on Sundays. Everybody went to church and spent time with family, and it was a special day. And then, then I started seeing more and more activities happen on Sunday, and more and more businesses opening on Sunday. Uh, in fact, today it's kind of an odd thing to have Chick Fil A closed on Sundays, right? But that's a Christian organization, and that's how they established their business. So they, they actually close on Sunday, and that seems weird today. But that was normal, you know, when I was a child, and and so now even as Christians, I think there's a different approach to Sundays, and I see just um, a drifting away from the importance of meeting on Sundays. Like God actually told us meet. This is a sacred, holy appointment with me. So to prioritize the kingdom is to recognize that God's plan is to meet with us every week. Um, This isn't religion. This is our faith. This is our relationship with God. And this is the one that we are serving. And this is what he's called us to do. And so I really want to challenge you on your thinking about coming to church. You need to prioritize Sunday mornings you need to prioritize coming to church every week that should be a priority of your life You should try to get your work schedule worked around that you should have try to get Sundays off You should try to prioritize this because God has called us to meet with him. It's a holy appointment So this is an example of we could get caught up in the world um, and we need to recalibrate reprioritize and put God first in our lives we act, it actually means something when Jesus has seek first the kingdom of God he actually means put God first right and one of the most simple starting points is to make sure that we're giving God our Sunday that we are coming and meeting him now Isaiah chapter 58 I mentioned this I think last week in last week's message it's all about fasting And at the beginning of this chapter, God is criticizing the wrong way to fast. But then in the middle of this chapter, verses 13 to 14, he talks specifically about the Sabbath. And he gives us great promises, but you got to listen to what he's saying. He says, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, and the Lord's holy day honorable. And if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Wow. God himself is speaking through the prophet Isaiah, saying, listen, let's get back to the basics. Stop breaking the Sabbath. Stop doing whatever you want on our appointed time together. I made an appointment with you and you've ignored it. And you're doing as you please. And you're doing whatever you feel like doing and whatever you want to do. And he's like, listen, if you will just start with that and you honor me by honoring the Sabbath and delighting in it, look at the blessings. Look at the blessings that I will pour out to you. Isaiah 56 two also talks about the Sabbath. And it says, blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps their hands from doing any evil. So the word keep, because what does it mean to keep the Sabbath? Well, the word keep in Hebrew is a word shamar. um, And it means to keep, to guard, to watch, to protect. It would be um, the word that I would use as a parent to say, hey, I'm keeping my kids. I'm watching my kids. I'm guarding my kids. I'm protecting my kids. I'm watching over them. I'm attentive to them uh that's what it means and so so the bible say look guard the sabbath watch over the sabbath don't let anything take that from you don't let anything take that priority away make sure you keep it guard it watch over it protect it and you honor it and you honor it by doing it right by honoring the lord Um, it's the same word keep as we have in our blessing in numbers chapter 6 where i say the lord bless you and keep you Right, The keeping part is that God is watching over you. He's guarding over you. He's protecting you and his eye is upon you and you are a priority to him. That's the blessing of the Lord that we receive every Sunday and and today at the end of this message. That the Lord will bless you and he will be keeping you and he will be watching over you and guarding you and protecting you because you are that important to him. And God says, make this time with me important, the Sabbath, the Sabbath. So what does it mean to keep the Sabbath? It means keep doing it. It means wake up, (laughs) get up, come to church, worship God, right? And don't replace it with other things, but prioritize um, the Sabbath above all other priorities, It also means to guard it as special. It is a special time with God. And so God uses the word to delight. He says, if you will delight in it. In other words, make this a joy of your week and delight coming to meet with me. Delight worshiping me. Um, Make this, get excited. This is our special time together when we all, all of us come together and worship God. Delight yourself in the Sabbath, right? And also to keep the Sabbath, it means to protect the sacredness And the holiness and the importance of meeting with God. To just understand the weight of of this. God, I'm meeting God. He's called me to come to to meet with him, with my brothers and sisters. And he's going to move and I'm going to worship and he's going to speak to me. And even now his word is coming alive to me, right? And it's holy. It's set apart. It's to set ourselves apart to God. It's to make this special. It's to leave everything else and focus in on God, right? This is just one example of what it means to draw near to God and to put Him first in our lives. And so the promises are if we will just simply do that, keep the Sabbath, God promises us joy, right? He says, then. You will find your joy in the Lord. And I was looking this up in the Hebrew. And here's the phrase that I saw in the the Hebrew translation. You shall enjoy deliciousness on Yahweh. (laughs) I mean, your soul will delight and find the presence of God delicious. Your soul craves God. And so the joy of the Lord will be upon you. There will be a deliciousness of God's presence in your life. Wow, who doesn't need the joy of the Lord in our lives? And that comes from honoring the Sabbath, coming every week and worshiping God and delighting yourself in God's presence and and just keeping that special, right? The second promise God tells us is this. He says, "Um, and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land. This is awesome, triumph. That means in the you know, in the the Hebrew, it says, I will cause you to ride on high places. So God will lift you up. He will help you walk and live in victory. How? Because when we're coming into his presence, he's reorientating our heart every week. He's speaking wisdom to us. He's empowering us. He's strengthening us through the body, through the input of the body, the word, the worship, the fellowship, the interactions, the prayers. God is doing things in you that will cause you to live in victory because you're listening to his word, you're diving into his presence, you're being built up, you're, you're being strengthened, and we don't know what we miss when we're not there. But when we're there, God is inputting into us to cause us to win at life, to triumph in life. Who couldn't, win, ha- who couldn't use another victory in their life? You know, we need joy, we need victory. We want those things. Thirdly, God says, and... I will cause you to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob and that that's all about prosperity God wants you to prosper he wants you to live in his wisdom live in his favor and it all starts by putting him first by setting ourselves aside and and all the other stuff of life and putting God first so you can have the joy of the Lord uh, you can have triumph in your life you can have prosperity in your life as you put him first. Doesn't that sound a lot like Jesus saying, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be yours as well? Doesn't that sound very familiar? And so God is like, look, you make me the priority of your life, and, and you'll have joy, you'll have prosperity, you'll have fulfillment, you'll have everything that you need. You'll have, I will take care of you as you prioritize our relationship. So let's draw near to God during this time. This is just one little example of the practicality of putting the kingdom of God first, of making decisions in your life to put other things aside and make sure that God is first. How about starting with Sunday mornings, right? The other areas of our life, obviously, are to read the word, to pray, to spend time in his presence. And that's what we're trying to do during this 21 days of pray, prayer and fasting. Now, I want to go back to Moses. In Exodus 19:20. 20, The Bible says the Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai. So God came down from heaven. The Bible says in the story that we see the presence of God and we see there is loud thunder, there's clouds, there's lightning, and there's there's just this presence of God that's coming down. That actually incited fear in the people. So there's this presence of God coming down from from heaven Unto the top of the mountain. And it says, and God descended to the top of Mount Sinai. And he called Moses up to the top of the mountain. I love that. Moses, come on up. And I just pray that you are hearing the call of God as God is coming down, that He is, you hear him calling you up. Hey, come on up. Come up here. I want to meet with you. Come up here. Spend some time with me. And so the Bible says, so Moses went up. And then the Lord spoke to him. And I believe as we go up, you know, as I mentioned at the outset of what that looks like, as we're just putting other things aside and we're going up to God and we're hungering for God and we're drawing near to Him, that God is going to speak to us. That God is going to speak to you. Don't you want to hear what He has to say? He loves you and He has so much to share with you and to help you with and to empower you with. So the... here we are, and, um, and, and so Moses has this encounter with God, and God with his own finger writes the law on these tablets, and he comes down, and as I mentioned at the outset, what happened, the golden calf and all that. And then Moses sh- smashes the, the tablets. God tells him, hey, come back up and bring two more tablets with you. So Moses comes back up, and Moses is having this conversation with God in chapter 33 of Exodus. And this is what Moses said. I just want to read a couple verses for you. He says, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Do you see see Moses' heart? He's like, God, if you are pleased with me, teach me, show me. I want to know you. I want to have your favor. So Moses is hungry for God. Moses is like, show me your ways. Teach me your ways so I can know you better, so I can walk in your favor. I want all that you have for me, God. Speak to me. Teach me. Show me. I'm hungry. This is, the, this is the hunger of Moses on the mountain. He's going back out. This is the second time. He's praying and fasting and seeking God and having this conversation with God. And then it says, The Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What a, great, what a great response. And so then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us, unless you are with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And so then Moses says, now show me your glory. God, show me your glory. So Moses says, God, I need you. We need you. We need you in your presence. We need your presence to go with us. That's the only thing that makes any difference in our lives between us and and everybody else in the world. Isn't that true? The only difference between us, you, me, believers in Christ, and anyone else in the world is the presence of God. We have fellowship with God and we need his presence. And so Moses is seeking to know God more and better. And he really wants to know him and his ways. And so then Moses cries out and says, God, show me, show me your glory. And an amazing thing happens is Moses is seeking God. He's praying, he's fasting, just like you and I are. He's wanting to draw near to God, just like you and I want. He's calling out to God and saying, God, show me your ways, I want to know you, teach me, show me your glory. If that's your cry, if that's your heart, and that's what we're trying to do during these 21 days, is to draw near to God, then God actually showed up to Moses. And he had an amazing encounter with god and that's my prayer for you and for me that we would have some amazing encounters with god that he would speak to our hearts but more than that he would show us his glory he would show us new things and give us new inspiration and give us new levels of freedom and new levels of empowerment and vision and direction for our for our future for our life isn't that what you want too and so let's Let's just celebrate what happened. It says Moses is crying out to meet with God. He wants to see him. He wants to know him. And and God says to him, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. So he tells him about this rock. He says, go to this place on the mountain. There's a cleft in the rock. And you won't be able to see my face. If you did, you wouldn't be able to handle it. You'd be dead. He says, no one can see my face, but I will show you my glory. I will show you um, uh, the the backside of my presence. And so he tucks him in a rock, and this is what happens, and he does this. It says that, um, then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there. This is chapter 34, verse 5. He stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. Verse 6, and he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. And Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshiped. Oh, what an amazing, what an amazing moment. God revealed his name to Moses, and he expounded on his character and qualities by describing to him all of these characteristics, that he's compassionate, He's gracious, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in love and faithfulness. He forgives wickedness, transgressions and sins. And and he's describing his character and he's doing exactly what Moses was crying out for. God, teach me your ways, show me who you are. I want to know you better. And he saw God's presence. Wow, amazing. That's one of the reasons why We're praying and fasting because we're seeking God. We want more. We want more. So I I just encourage you with this story today and pray that as you're seeking God, that you're setting yourself apart, that you are going up, right, as God is coming down, and you're focusing on Him, and you're crying out that God would show you more, teach you more, uh, and He would fill you with His presence. As I finish this message, I just want to encourage you with what happened in Exodus chapter 34, verse 29. It says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. <laughs> Wow, I was so curious about this word radiant. So I looked it up in the Hebrew. I'm like, what is this word? I don't know a word yet in Hebrew for radiant. So I looked it up and the word is Karan. And it means to send out rays or to shine, to shine. And so the Bible says as Moses came down, there were rays coming out of Moses' face because he had seen the glory of God. He was shining, literally shining. And I couldn't help but think about Jesus when he told you and he told me, hey, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine so that others will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. How do we shine? How do we get that shine? How did Moses get that shine? How did Moses have rays coming out of his face? Because he was in the presence of God. He was in the presence of God. And that's what this is all about. For you and for me, let's continue to draw near to God. He will draw near to us. Let's seek his presence. Let's leave other things. Get into his presence so that we can shine. Remember Moses said, God, there's no other way for us to be distinct from anyone else on this world except if your presence is is with us. It's the same for you and it's the same for me. Nothing makes a difference in this world unless we are filled with the presence of God. And we begin to shine. When we're filled with the presence of God, we begin to shine. When we're filled with worry or anger or stress or a whole bunch of busyness, you know, or unforgiveness, or just the all kinds of stuff of this world, we're not shining there's there's no shine there but when we're in the presence of god and he refines our hearts he changes our minds he cleanses us he cleanses our soul he heals us we come alive and we shine we shine hey may the shine of the lord be upon you (laughs) may you shine brightly for him and may others see the presence of god in your life but all of that to say you yourself will be filled with his joy You'll have more triumph in your life, right? Yeah, and you'll have more prosperity of soul and being in you. And so I just encourage you, let's keep seeking the Lord. And let me bless you with this blessing. I hope this has a little bit stronger of a meaning to you now as you hear this blessing again with the word keep. Because God is watching over you. He's keeping you. He's guarding you. He's for you. He wants to meet with you. Let's meet with Him. All right, amen? Amen. Well, Lord, just continue to draw us closer to you. Help us, Lord. Help us to find you. You said that we would find you. You said that we would find you if we seek you with all of our heart. And so, God, may you inspire us. Help us to seek you with all of our heart during these 21 days and find you and be in your presence and be healed, be strengthened, be equipped, be taught. May we learn and grow and heal in your presence. And may your shine come upon us, Lord, in Jesus' name. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face, what? Shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.